2 Samuel. Praise God. Again, I want to say we're excited about what God is doing. And um, as we turn to 2 Samuel, we're not going to teach about uh, water baptism tonight. And we've done a lot of that kind of throughout the last few weeks. But uh, if you have any questions, if you just uh, want to find out more about it, please don't hesitate to, to ask. Praise God. We, wanna, we want to obey God. We want to do it God's way. A lot of things. People say, well, I, I think there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different denominations, because people just have their own interpretation, and that's just the nature of the Bible. That would be so incorrect, because you can't interpret this Bible and come up with a denomination. Amen. They were just born again. They were born into this church. They didn't join. Amen. They didn't sign a, a, a roll book. They didn't go through a catechism. They just got born again of the water and of the Spirit. Amen. And uh, it's not so much the interpretations of the Bible, really, but it's the traditions of man that people have held on to for years and years. And you see that taught about in the Bible. But when you just lay that aside and say, God, I want to know what the Bible says. I want to follow you. I want to be obedient to you. And I want to lay everything aside that, you know, sometimes it's like a... Uh, it's kind of like a fig leaf, isn't it? Hiding, comfort zone of our own ideas. And to be able to just go ahead and let God be God in your life. Let Him clothe you with His glory, with His truth. Amen. You'll be so glad you did. So we're excited about uh, Cain just coming here last week and Brian and who knows what's ahead. Amen. But I can tell both of you it's just going to keep getting better. Amen. Amen. Second Samuel 3. Before we read it, let's pray. God, thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you for your, your help and your strength and your encouragement, God. I know there's, Lord, this world that we're living in is full of battles, filled, filled with challenges, God, and, and things that we have to face. Lord, I pray that your word would help us and strengthen us and lead us in, in, in your will, God. And, and, Lord, just help me to stay out of your way tonight, God. I'm asking for your anointing and direction we ask it all in your great name, the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Second Samuel 3, let's start in verse 9. And if you're not familiar with this context, don't worry about that. We'll, we'll fill you in here in a bit, but it wouldn't hurt to go back and read a few chapters here right around Second Samuel 3. But verse 9 says, So do God to Abner and more also, except as the Lord has sworn to David, even so I do to him. To translate the kingdom from the house of Saul, to set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah, from Dan even to Beersheba. Drop down to verse 17, please, for the sake of time. And Abner had communication with the elders of Israel, saying, You sought for David in time past to be king over you, now then do it. For the Lord has spoken of David, saying, By the hand of my servant David, I will save my people Israel out of the hand of the Philistines and out of the hand of all their enemies. And Abner also spake in the ears of Benjamin. And Abner went also to speak to the ears of David in Hebron, all that seemed good to Israel and seemed good to the whole house of Benjamin. God bless you. You can be seated. So obvious, just from the few verses that we've read, Abner is excited about David. He's excited about David and wants to make him king over the whole people of God there in Israel. And 
But this is very interesting because before this account, Abner was in fact the general of Saul's armies. Saul was the first king of Israel. But Saul didn't just have a perfect heart towards God. In fact, he ended up, even though God worked in him and through him in a great way, Abner ended up being more concerned about his reputation, really, than being a godly man and a godly leader. He he was more concerned about how he looked than really godly character. And after a while, he knew he was on a bad path, but didn't have the guts. It takes courage. To do what's right, it takes courage. I know it's easy for people to mock and ridicule Christians, but it takes courage to follow Jesus. It takes courage to lay aside your sins and all the things that are your comfort zone and say, you know, I'm going to do right. No matter who agrees with it, no matter who likes it, I'm going to follow Jesus. Amen. And Saul knew he was, his prayers were hindered. He wasn't hearing from God. He couldn't feel God like he once did. He knew who the blame was. It wasn't God's fault. But instead of turning to God and repenting, you know, what's that going to look like to people if I have to say, God, I'm sorry. And, but, uh, but God's good with that. God will. God will hear your prayers and be so compassionate. And anybody who's got any kind of quality in their life, any kind of godliness in their life, they're going to respect that kind of humility. To say, you know what, I need God. It takes strength. And the right kind of people, they'll always be mockers. There will always be people. And a lot of times that's just voices in your head, just, just feelings of what are they going to think. But the right kind of people are going to say, you did the right thing. Good for you. Amen. Saul was not willing to do that. So God started working and moving in a young man named David and said, you know what? This is a man after my own heart. What a great thing to be said about you, let alone by God. This is somebody who's real. They're genuine in their faith. They're genuine in their, in their integrity, their commitment to God. They just had no desire to do anything. It wasn't about my reputation. You can see David doing that. Some people, you know, even his own family made fun of him the way he worshipped God. And he said, that's all right. Wait till you see me next time. It's not going to hold me back. He was a man after God's own heart. And when God was starting to work to bring him up and bring him into that position, David uh, was uh, well, not seeking greatness. He wasn't seeking reputation. He just wanted to be a blessing. He just wanted to be a, a servant of God. But Saul was very insecure and, and uh, hated David. He envied David for his walk with God. He envied David for his anointing and feared. what. But he, if Saul could have just repented. So David begins to, to grow in, in his, in his uh, influence, and that's what God does. He'll set you where he can use you, and people start seeing how great of a blessing David is and a leader he is. And Saul, rather than saying, oh, this is awesome, this is great, thank God for good help. Saul begins to attack David, and there becomes a feud there, and David... David won't lift his hand against Saul. 
David says, I won't touch God's anointed. This isn't my battle. Uh, you're not my enemy. You're my king. And he just flees and hides and, and uh, you know, just lives in his integrity. But after a while, there, there, there began to be a warfare. And Saul was attacking David. Saul's general was Abner. This man that we read about, that was the general of, of Saul's army. So, let me just make this perfectly clear. Abner was a man that was working and laboring in the people of God, the kingdom of God. And his leader was backslidden. His leader was not exercising wisdom and righteousness. And Abner could have been very bitter against God. Why would you let this happen? Abner was a product of hurt in the kingdom of God. Abner did all he could while he watched his king make foolish decisions, make ungodly decisions, attack people that didn't deserve to be attacked, make just judgments that were clearly not the will of God. And Abner was faithful. But Abner certainly saw it all. Finally, one day, Saul is taken off the throne. He's killed in battle, and there's a lot of different things that happen in the transition. But finally, Abner stands up and says, David is the man that God wants for this position. David is going to be this new leader. I'm not going to step into this position. It's not my place. But David is a godly man, and I'm going to, I'm going to go back to Israel and tell them we need to make this man king. I'm going to go through. He talks about Benjamin. That was one of the tribes of Israel. That is where Saul came from. And Abner, with his boldness, goes to Saul's tribe of Benjamin, the children of Benjamin, and says, you know what, guys? I know Saul was your man, but we need to get behind David. And they do. And he sells everybody and goes back to Hebron where David was and said, I'm going to help you like I once helped Saul. It is, to me, a testimony and encouragement to say that if you've been hurt in church, if you've been hurt by those that should have been there to help you, that there's, there's no reason why, I don't understand why somebody that I, wanted to, I should have been able to rely on, but they, they, were, they failed and they've done wrong. It's easy to harbor hurt. It's easy to, to, to mistrust. If you've ever been through something like that, it, it, it is obviously so natural to say, how, how can I ever trust anybody again if I can't trust somebody who is supposed to be a Christian, supposed to be God's man? But Abner had enough of a heart for God and for God's kingdom that he recognized that it can't be about, about what has affected me personally, but I'm going to keep my eyes on God and trust that, that we can transition the kingdom into David's leadership and that God can bless and things can get better. I want to tell you today that people do fail. Sometimes it's no, there's no excuse for it. Don't hear. Uh, I, I'll never make an excuse for, for the people that have hurt you. And forgiveness doesn't mean that you have to somehow be okay with the with the horrible things that have happened in your life. 
Absolutely not. But it means you have to be able to say, God, you didn't fail me. You didn't let me down. And God, I, I'm asking you to help me to, to look at a bigger picture and, and see that, that there can be, there, there can be healing and there can be progress even though I've been hurt deeply. David had a catalog. He had a, had a list of mighty men. Men that have been through very difficult times with him. Men that have suffered the, the trouble that he suffered because David himself had been hurt by Saul. There's no good reason that David would have to run for his life. He was faithful. But yet he was able to, to minister and to, to, to fight the enemy and to continue on in spite of his own personal struggles and his own personal hurt. And today, thank God David is known as a, a, a great leader, a great king, but the Bible gives credit, gives, gives honor to the fact that it wasn't just David, but it was those around him and those working with him, those that were faithful, not just to David, but to the kingdom of God. And that they could recognize, hey, we are, we're following God and, and and we're on his side. Amen. We want him to to work in us. We people do fail us. People do do and and it's easy. I I, I recognize sometimes heard it more times than I can say, but sometimes that people say, well, you know, why why would God allow something like this? Why does God Well, we're not in heaven. And, and there are there are times where Failures and faults and trouble, they happen because of our own failures. And, and, and people sin, people fall, and there's no, no excusing that. But yet, sometimes it affects us in ways that... And um, truth be told, I can tell you about things that have, done to, have been done to hurt me, but I have to come to God and say, you know what, God, I'm sure there's others out there saying, you know how I was hurt. And uh, because we are, we're, we're frail, we're fragile, and we, we, uh, we need God. We need His grace. Not excusing failures, not excusing that, but, but being able to say, God, can I keep my eyes on you? Can I keep my eyes on you? You know, the disciples followed Jesus. There was, a, there was somebody there all along named Judas. Amen. Say, so why would God allow that to continue on? But thank God there's a New Testament church that, that kept going and kept loving Jesus, kept on serving Him. Didn't say, why, why, Lord? Why would you let Him do all that He did? But God had a plan, and, and there can be growth. There can be healing, and there can be progress, even in hurt. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, if you'll turn with me. Ephesians 4, verse 4. So thankful today for men and women in this house that I know you've been through some battles. I, I know it's not certainly not been easy for so many. And sometimes when you look around and see folks praying and, and, and praising God and, and you see that liberty and, and you think, wow, they, they haven't had any problems. That's certainly not why we have joy. But in spite of those things, we, 
We keep our eyes on God and we recognize that God, you've got to work in this last day. You've got a, you've got a, a people in this last day. And though it would be so easy to isolate myself, so easy to, to, to make an excuse again, not to, not to gather, not to fellowship because people just, uh, enough said people. <laughs> but oh, how there is such a bigger picture of how God works together through the body to bring healing and progress for His glory. Ephesians 4, verse 4 says, There's one body and one spirit, even as ye are called into, in one hope of your calling. Goes on talking about one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One. It can be fearful. I know there's some here today, to just, just the idea seems so impossible. But with God, there's healing. With God, there's hope for you to recognize though you've been hurt, though, you, though maybe it's so hard for you to trust, and maybe it's hard for you to even trust yourself. What if I'm too reckless to love, to trust? What happens then? But God is faithful to be a friend to you even when you're hurt. To through the... The, the trials and the pain to allow you to, to be alive and, to, and, and to, to thrive. Though sometimes you do cry. I know sometimes in these days uh, people have this, been so lied to by, by the shows we watch and the movies we've seen. And now especially with social media because it just seems like everybody's doing so great. And here I am, alone and hurting. Look, look at how much fun they're always having. Always, always, always. And you rarely hear the, the behind the scenes of the, the strain that some of those people go through with their trying to always be so positive. And, but help us, God, to realize that in real life, you read your Bible, it's, it's, it's so honest. That people go through hard times, have questions, go through battles. And so many often today, they say, well, uh, something's wrong with me. Sometimes I get sad. Sure. Nothing's wrong with that. Sometimes I get so angry. The Bible tells us about that. Sometimes I don't understand. Sure. The Apostle Paul talked about being perplexed. Talked about fightings without fears within. What? I thought that's not Christian. It just seems like, no, you have a, you've been given such a wide array of emotions, and every one of them from God. They don't run you. They don't rule you, but they, they're part of you. And sometimes we're sorrowful. Sometimes we feel pain. And sometimes we, there's great joy. The Bible tells us that in Ephesians, drop down to verse 15, tells the ministry here speaking that, that they're speaking the truth in love that we may may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working of the measure every part working Every part working together, the joints mean that one part of the body is working in conjunction with another part and everything's going smoothly. It's not so much, you know, if we're all getting signals from the head of the body, that's Jesus. And if we allow that without ourselves getting in the way, we'll do great things in God. And God will do great things through us. Amen. When one's doing one thing their way, somebody else is doing their thing another way, that's just 
chaos. That's like, like a seizure. But when God works in each one of us, recognizing, listen, I understand. And we have such... I believe God has a lot of patience for people that have been hurt. But listen, God wants to heal you. It can't always just be a, a, a personality trait now of a lack of trust. But God will help you. I'm not saying, listen to me, I'm not talking about blind faith that just says, okay, forget everything you, you once knew and just, no, I'm telling you, God will teach you and lead you little baby steps sometimes at a time that you can know, hey, people still fail, but God is faithful. God is good. And we can be like Joseph of the Old Testament that said, you know what, what the devil, what you meant for evil, God had a plan for good. That even though I hurt, even though my trust has been been jeopardized, even though I, I, I've suffered and I've cried, and and now I realize God invested in me that I've learned some things. I've got some strengths because of that, and I've got some wisdom because of that. Listen, I'm telling some of you today, you're not there yet, and this sounds like like science fiction maybe to some of you. Like, yeah, okay, that's just something you say. But many of us today here have experienced great disappointment. Betrayal. Amen. Great, great failures around us that caused us to, to, to hurt. But the Bible tells us that we can, we can be healed and that God can make us a part of, of His body in a way that, that we recognize that sometimes people are going to be weak and we can minister rather than hide ourselves and seclude ourselves and, and say, there's a, there's a potential problem right there. You know, that's the way a lot of churches are. As soon as you see some, some sort of weakness, that's, that's backsliding happen. I, I don't want to get in the middle. No, I'm going to start praying for them. I'm going to start encouraging them. I'm going to start letting them know, hey, hey there's, I, I want to help you any way that I can. But all in all, recognizing well, we're focused on the kingdom of God. Focusing on God's plan and God's will. Because when it's all said and done, we want to be faithful and hear well done. Thank God David had some men behind him. And thank God for men and women in this hour that can to be faithful. Just say, it's not always easy. Sometimes I have questions. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes I don't understand. That's good. We'll, we'll try to help you understand. But I want to be faithful. To continue on and not not try so hard. You know, there are some people that uh, I really do believe they've they've been hurt and and it's their mistrust that 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 if they don't allow God to just help them be healed and get through that, that it, it hinders them. But there's other people that are kind of like that man that buried his talent. They're they're afraid to they're afraid to fail. Maybe they've stumbled before. They're afraid to fail, and they're afraid to what people will think of that. So, so that fear of failure just uh, produces a a little safe little space of inactivity, where I just won't do anything. I I know how to kind of just blend in, right? Just kind of do enough but not really get out of that comfort zone enough that I might say the wrong thing or I might fail. Hey, listen, God's house, God's kingdom, uh, we're just doing our best to follow Him. And uh, certainly nobody's just uh, 
just polished and perfect. We just do our best to serve God and love Him and let Him get the glory. See, that's the exciting thing about it. It's not about, hey, how, how great you are. It's about letting people see how great He is. And then if you just let go of all that fear and let God work through you, amen, when it's all done, you'll say, was that me? And God, thank God you're so good. And everybody will say, wow, isn't God good? And you've gotten through all that concern about trying to be everybody's hero because we're not. God is. Amen. The whole body fitly joined together. I thank God for, for men and women that can say, I know why I'm here. I've been hurt. I've got questions. I've got uh, a lot of things that maybe baggage, but you know what? God's helped me, and He's going to keep helping me, and He's going to bring wholeness to my life and, and health to my heart and mind, and His Spirit is going to make the difference. And that in that, God, that I, I you know, you can sit down. This is going to be, some of you need to hear this. I know I needed it. Uh, the you know, we sit back before and just overthink things and worry and try to try to make everything perfect in our minds before it happens rather than just say, OK, God, you lead. God, I'm going to keep my eyes on you. God, if I stumble, I'm sorry, I'll get back up and I'll I'll make anything right. But God, I want to I just want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful. I want to spend a little bit of time about a man. Uh that was a contemporary of Abner because when Abner and Saul were at war with David, Saul being the king and Abner being his general, David had a general named Joab. And a lot of times, especially when I was growing up, I would hear preaching about Joab and just always heard a, uh, just how, how awful of a man Joab was. And I was conflicted. Because the Bible really tells the whole story. You know, people are, are not so simple sometimes. Not, they're not like comic strips, you know. You know, It's not like you got the, the hero and the villain. Sometimes good people do dumb things. Sometimes people who maybe aren't so good and don't end up so good, they started really good, but lost their way. And uh, Joab was kind of like that. I saw a lot of things in Joab. I said, wow, he was a man that that had some character that really was a help to David. In fact, there were some times when David seemed to kind of not really be focused on what God's best was. Joab was there saying, hey, you know, you need to get in here and do this. It was Joab that kind of would get David's attention sometimes when David was slipping. But what happened with Joab that really made him go down in in the Word of God as as a man that really failed. Look at, uh, go back to 2 Samuel, if you would, please, in chapter 3. This is right after in our same chapter where Abner said, I'm going to follow David. I'm going to, I'm not going to allow Saul and that mess that I've been through with him to affect me. I'm, I'm going to, this is what God has for me and I'm going to, I'm going to put my whole heart into serving God in this place. And I want everybody to know, and I want to influence others. That was a great thing about Abner. Not only did he not allow himself to get bitter, he didn't allow himself to backslide, but he said, I'm going to encourage others to just get in there and fight with us. Praise God for people like that. But David's general named Joab, down in verse 24, comes and hears about Abner 
make it nice with David. And Joab came to the king in verse 24 and said, What hast thou done? Behold, Abner came unto thee. Why is that thou hast sent him away and he is quite gone? Why did you just cut him down right when he was there? That's your enemy. He's on the other side. Why would you let him go? Thou knowest, Abner, the son of Ner, that he came to deceive thee. And to know thy going out and thy coming in and know all that thou doest. Joab was a mighty man. Joab was his David's general and had a place in God's kingdom that was powerful and helpful. But what happened in Joab's life? That during one of the wars, one of his brothers got in a skirmish with a with Abner. One of Joab's family was in a battle and got to fighting Abner. And Abner was was a decent enough man that even though he was at war with these people, he saw that this young man, Joab's brother, was outclassed. Abner was a greater soldier than this young man, and he even stopped him and said, Listen, just step aside. This isn't going to end well for you, so you need to just go somewhere else. And the man wouldn't stop pursuing Abner. And Abner said, I'm telling you, You need to just stop right now because there's no way you're going to win this. If I turn around and fight you, this isn't going to end well for you at all. The fact that he would do something like that even shows some of his character, really, doesn't it? But Joab's brother Asahel would not stop. He was fast and he kept running and pursuing Abner. And Abner slew him. It was a time of war. Not only were they enemies, and that was their goal to destroy one another, but Abner, as a gentleman, said, just stop. There's just no way that you can do this. You need to just back off. He was being a gentleman, really, in a time of war. But when the war was over, now it was time for peace. But Joab had his own personal beef. Joab, now he was angry... Not for the kingdom of God, but for his family and for his personal business. And that's where a lot of people can really get get bad because it hurts when it's your family. Understandably so. But it's not the will of God for you to lose focus and take things into your own hands and go beyond What God is trying to do in his kingdom, which was bring peace and bring reconciliation. He was trying to bring the kingdoms together, trying to to uh, to to end the war completely. But Joab said, oh, no. And after he told David, you messed up, David. You had your enemy right there. David said, no, this is peace. There's no more war. This this nation, this this this, the people of God need to come together. We need to make peace. There's been hurt. There's been disappointment. Saul did some damage to people's hearts, but now is a time of rebuilding. Now is a time of strengthening. Abner, you don't know what you're talking about. You're thinking about yourself. You're thinking making it personal rather than thinking about God's best, rather than praying and giving that to God. And Abner went out from David's presence 
and behind David's back killed Abner in a sneaky manner. And Abner was found out that David to be dead. And in 1 Kings, the second chapter, David is now kind of on his way out. He's not, his health is failing him and he knows he doesn't have the strength to be the king anymore. So he begins to commission his son Solomon to take his place. And he starts talking to Solomon about some of the business of the kingdom. And he tells Solomon in 1 Kings 2 verse 5, Moreover, thou knowest also what Joab, the son of Zariah, did to me. And what he did to the two captains of the host of Israel, unto Abner, the son of Ner, and unto Amasa, son of Jether, whom he slew and shed blood in war, of war in peace, and put the blood of war upon his girdle that was about his loins and in his shoes that were on his feet. Do therefore according to thy wisdom and let none of his whore head go down to the grave in peace. That means don't let him die of old age with gray hair. Execute him. Because he doesn't have a heart for the kingdom. Abner was able to move forward. Abner was under Saul and Abner was able to move forward and say, you know what? We need to build. We need to work together. We need to keep God's kingdom in the forefront of our minds. God's, what's your will for my life? I'm just part of your your kingdom. I'm just part of your body. When I look around the church and I see people that, you know, coming to church, sometimes there are people that have, have, have disappointed you personally. Sometimes there's people that in their failures, they've hurt you. It happens. And I don't like that. I'm not excited about that either, but you have to be able to say, God, I, Help me to pray and help me to love and help me to forgive and help me to forbear and help me not to get tangled up in a, in a war that's not your will. Help me to build peace. Help me to, to keep my eyes on how. I, I, I saw that even last week. We spent some time, most of you know, some of you, we, we spent some time at a meeting and there, there were people that didn't get along in that meeting. But you know, God's power fell in a beautiful way. There were people I knew that didn't really get along very well. But, you know, they put that aside and just worshiped God. It wasn't just looking over there and whispering about this one and looking at it. No, it was people that just, and God was there in a great way. Can I tell you today that sometimes we need to look past our, our disappointments and our hurts and just, just let the presence of God put a shelter around us, put a put a, a, a wall around us. Not, well, let me just say a, of peace and of love and be able to say, you know what? God's will is much bigger than my own personal battles. Pray for those that have hurt you. Pray for those that have done you wrong and seek God's will to be a peacemaker, to make reconciliation and let God's will be your focus. God wants to see souls saved. God wants to see, see people know, people that are lost. But if we get so tangled up in our own little battles that are personal, then how, how distracted are we going to be when our neighbors need to be, have victory in their lives? When our, when our co-workers need to see that there's hope for them in all their addictions and all their marital strife, that they can see that in you. Today, I, I thank God. I thank God for those of you today that are that are faithful and that though you have scars in your life you're you're willing to say you know I'm I'm not going to let that hold me back I got my eyes on God and God's working something sometimes bigger than I what I can know 
And God bless you. God bless you that you allowed God to say, I'm not going to fight against, I've been hurt. I've been, uh, I've had problems and it's hard for me, but God, you're, su- you're sufficient for me that I can have victory in my life and I can be a help and a blessing. And I thank God when I see it, it's such a, so, such a great thing. But I know there's others here today that, that that struggle is still very real. That struggle with, with what's been done to you and how you've been misjudged and mistreated and, God sees that. He knows Jesus was misjudged. Jesus was mistreated. He understands. But he set his face as a flint to go to Calvary to be able to do the work. Praise God. Not everybody was going to love him. Not everybody was going to agree with him. But he, he, the captain of our salvation, went all the way for you, for me. In spite of the hurt. He said, don't you know I can call the armies of heaven down here and stop this right now? But I won't because... Even though it hurts, God, Father, forgive them. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. What an example we have that we should follow. Say, Lord, more than, than the, the battles that have affected me personally, God, I want to, I want to look up and, and see the, the, the fight for the kingdom of God. I want to be a part of what you're doing. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, thank you, Lord. We're going to spend some time in prayer before, before the baptism here today, tonight. But whatever you've been through, whatever you've faced, God, God cares about you. Don't ever think because He allowed it to happen, He doesn't care. But He's got a plan to, to strengthen you and teach you through, those, through that hurt. Through the, the pain that you have felt, there's, there's a plan God's got. Just understand that sometimes it happens in church. Sometimes it happens in our families. Sometimes parents are struggling and battling with things that they need God. We pray for them that they would be able to just lay it all down and follow Jesus but listen even in church sometimes this this place is a place where it's a hospital for souls there's people that are struggling there's people that are hurting and sometimes people disappoint and fail but listen God's got a plan for you God's got a plan for you not to isolate yourself not to not to try to to hide but but come to Jesus come to God and let him give you the strength that you need to continue continue serving him in faithfulness this church this altar's open if you want to come pray but I want to tell somebody this as we get ready to baptize Brian tonight the Bible tells us to repent of our sins to turn away from sin and turn to God Turn away from our old life and turn to the new life in Him. That while we were failures, while we were sinners, Jesus died for us. God will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He'll give you what you need.
something for you, a place for you in his house, a place for you in his body. Lord, I'm asking you for healing in this house. I'm asking you for, Lord, your, your help for those that have been hurt. Lord, in Jesus' name. God, that we'll lay down our own, our own walls and let you protect us. We'll lay down our own battles, God, that, that we're fighting. And God, let you fight our battles. There's something so much greater. Don't be afraid. Get your eyes on God. perspective and say, God, help me to build your kingdom. Help me to, to be faithful, to, to be a fellow soldier for heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, in Jesus' name, God, help us. 
help us, Lord. I know in ourselves we are weak. In ourselves we do struggle. But, Lord, you be that protection. You be that help in our time of trouble, God. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Talk to him. Lord, sees the scars. He sees the hurt. He sees your failures. And he sees the ones that have hurt you too. He's here to to bring help, bring hope that you can be so much more than your your battles. But you can be a help in the kingdom of God. You can be a, a strength and a an example. Hallelujah. God's church isn't just about preachers and pastors. It's about men and women that have been through the battle, been through the trial, and can say, God, here I am, Lord. I want to be used by you. Here I am, Lord. Help me to be aware of your will. In this time, God, you're so good. Lord, you're so good. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. God, you're so good. Let's just continue to pray. We're gonna, Brian's getting ready. As soon as he comes out, we're going to just obey God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. The Bible tells us that after Jesus' death, after he died on that cross and rose from the dead, he met with his disciples. to them, proved to them that he was alive, made the proof so real that they were willing to die before they would say it wasn't real. Jesus told them to go into the city of Jerusalem and tarry, to wait for the promise of the Holy Ghost that would be poured out. They went into an upper room in the book of Acts. When God In the second chapter, poured out that Spirit upon them. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. It was noised abroad. Everybody in town that was there for the festival of Pentecost heard this, comes around, and Peter stands up and preaches about Jesus to them. Read it there in Acts 2. The Bible says by the time he was done talking to them about Jesus... They were pricked in their hearts. They were made to feel uncomfortable, but they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter stood up with the rest of the apostles at that time and said, Repent of your sins. That means to turn away from sin. Turn to Jesus. Turn away from an old life. Turn to a new life. A baby can't make that decision. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized would be saved. But he said, 
Repent of your sins. Be baptized, every one of you, in Acts 2, chapter 38, in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the authority. That's the power. The Bible says that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He is our Father in heaven. He is not. That's not His name. He is a Son in redemption, born of a virgin in Bethlehem, but that's not His name. Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, that's not His name. The Bible says, be baptized there in Acts 2, verse 38, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And the promise is there, and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. Keep on reading the book of Acts. You'll see it over and over again. Acts 8, that's what they told them. Acts 10, that's what they preached to them. Acts 19, Paul comes to believers and said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He said, we don't know about it. He said, how are you baptized? He baptizes them in the name of the Lord. Name of the Lord Jesus. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost that day. We're going to obey God today. Brian, come on up here. We're going to trust God. Just do exactly what he said he would do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Somebody just thank God for what He's doing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for, Lord, just the testimony that we have already heard and seen in Brian. Lord, his desire to, Lord, just to serve you with his whole life. And, Lord, to bury that old life and to be filled with your spirit, God. Lord, we believe in your promise. We know you're here, God. Thanking you for what you've already done and what you will do in his life. God, we just come to you asking to help us right now, Lord, as we obey you.
morning. Clap your hands unto the Lord and give God the praise. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Oh, continue to pray for Brian. God, just continue to work in his life. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your presence here tonight, Lord. Thank you for what you've done and for what you're going to do, Lord. God, I pray each one, Lord, as we leave this house, God, go with us. God, keep us, Lord, and just continue to guide us, Lord, to, to just do your will, God. We love you so much, God. Thank you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And if I said amen, amen. One more time, clap your hands under the Lord. Give God the glory. Oh, yes, amen. Amen, amen. God bless you.